wonderful. It's just written like a, like a wonderful history of God's dealing with the people there, in this case, in Philippi. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. Well, and that what she is saying is is true. I wonder how this is going to develop. Uh, verse 18, she continued doing this for, for many days. Can you imagine? I mean, you wake up in the morning, you look outside, and there's a slave girl waiting to follow you around town. And she is screaming uh, at the top of her lungs, these men are bondservants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. And that's true, but... It has an effect on Paul. It says, uh, she continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed. The New American Standard Version of the Bible uses the word annoyed. Annoyed is the word. This bothered Paul. He did not like it. <laughs> he was greatly annoyed. This wasn't just your average everyday Annoyance. This was a. This was. This was really getting to Paul, and he turned and said to the Spirit, "I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her." And it came out at that very moment. Now, this this is a uh, this is a slave girl, verse 16, that has a spirit of divination. She has an evil spirit. Uh, she's a slave girl. Uh, she is being used for profit um, as she tells people's fortunes. And uh, Paul commands the demon to come out, the spirit of divination to come out of her, and the spirit came out of her. The Bible says and it came out at that very moment. It, it gets more interesting, let's say that. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone. So there were, I want you to get this in your mind. There are two exorcisms here. The first one is the evil spirit out of the slave girl. The second one is the hope of profit for her masters was out. Uh, it's a, he uses the same word. Uh, it, the same Greek word is used for their hope of profit was gone as the spirit of divination was gone out of her. It's interesting. And, but they're, they're not going to take this sitting down. They seized Paul and Silas. So, you know, they go from the frying pan, so to speak, into the fire. Um... You know, what do you make of this slave girl following? And she was saying, she was telling the truth. But what demon doesn't? I mean, you read about the demon possessed in the Gospels. And they always identified Jesus as the most holy God. He's the righteous one. They always say that. So what makes this, what, 
what's to this? What is, what's going on here? She is speaking the truth concerning Paul. Well, I like, I like this uh, angle that the enemy was trying to form an alliance with Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke. If he can't, if he can't come right up against you, then he'll try to get in with you. And maybe, maybe he was trying to find a, a way to get involved in this gospel team. Well, we're not told that. We're just, we're just trying to figure it out. What was to this? Why was it so annoying to Paul? Well... He, I think he just knew it's the spirit of divination. She's, she's possessed by a demon and he, he cast the demon out. The Bible says it came out that very moment. And then her master seized Paul and Silas and they dragged him into the marketplace, the Agora. It was not only a marketplace, it was the center of the public life and before the authorities. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, these men are throwing our city into confusion being Jews and are proclaiming customs, which it is not lawful for us to accept or to observe being Romans. Well, what happens next? So they are accused here. And the crowd rose up together against them and the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into the prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So these guys have become the public enemies there in Philippi and they go from, you know, Lydia has been converted. We think this servant girl, when the demon comes out of her, that she is a convert. And now Paul and Silas, what do they get for all of this? They're in the innermost part of the prison. They are in the stocks. They've been beaten uh, with these rods Um, they're wounded, they're bleeding. There they are. The jailer has been commanded to guard them securely, uh, tight security on these guys. And he having received the command threw them into the inner prison, the innermost prison, and he fastened their feet in the stocks. Wonder what happens next? Well, time goes by and about midnight, Paul and Silas. This is a real blessing here. There's, a, there's lots of teaching here for the Christian right here in 25 and, well, the whole, the whole Bible. Let's just say that. That's the whole Bible. But here, um, we're told that Paul and Silas were praying and singing. Now, there's a translation out there, and I'm not sure which one it is. It says they prayed and they sang. That's, not, that's incorrect. They were praying and they were singing. This was going on and on and on. And, and the language here is not that they were praying to get out of jail. 
That's not the prayer. They are praising God. They are at peace. They are fully content with where they are. They're just praising God. They're singing uh, hymns, songs to God. And, uh, and then look, listen to that, that part. And the prisoners were listening to them. Can I say this? There are people all around us that are listening to us. They're listening to you. Do they get that attitude of praise from us? I have to ask myself that question. Do people get the attitude of praise from me? Hmm. Well, Paul and Silas were in the innermost prison. They'd just been beaten with rods. They'd been accused and they're praising God. They're singing. They're praying. They are just worshiping God in the midst of this calamity. But things are going to get more calamitous. Right here, verse 26. And suddenly there came a great earthquake. Not an average earthquake, a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison house were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. It sounds like a heaven sent jailbreak, right? I mean, it's just like, wow, where'd this come from? I think we're supposed to connect the praying and the singing, uh, the contentment, the peace that was uh, evident in Paul and Silas. We're, I think we're supposed to connect 25 and 26 and the suddenness of this great earthquake and the foundations of the prison house were shaken and the doors were opened and everyone's chains unfastened. And when the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword. He's about to kill himself. Well, he had just failed miserably at his job. And as a Roman jailer, it's, you're, really, he's better off dead right now than alive. He, he, all hope is gone. Uh, he, he, um, whatever ladder of success he was climbing, he's reached about as far as he can go. And he's about to kill himself. Supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself for we're all here. And he called for lights, rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, the answer to that question is the most important piece of spiritual knowledge that one could ever hear. And this is what Paul and Silas said. And they didn't have to call a conference to say it. Didn't have to look it up in some manual. They said, they're speaking to this man who was about to kill himself. And now he wonders how he can be saved. And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will 
be saved. You and your household. Well, that's music to his ears. Believe in the Lord. Trust him as your only option. Abandoning all other options. Believe in the Lord. It's not just the mental ascent. No. The, the word there, pistuo. It's, it's a gut level belief. It is acknowledging Jesus as the only way of salvation. And they give this answer concisely. And uh, let's see what happens. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. Listen, all that Paul and Silas had been through, falsely accused. They, Of course, this, this slave girl had annoyed them to no end. And uh, all this trouble and the stir that was caused in the town. And we know it's well after midnight. And they take time here to speak the word of the Lord to this jailer together with all who were in his house. And he took them that very hour of the night. And what did he do? Well, this is the jailer. He washed their wounds. He washed their wounds. I think his sins were washed away, so he washed their wounds. And immediately he was baptized. And he, he and all his household. And he brought them into his house and set food before them. I think uh, literally he prepared a table. Before them and rejoiced greatly. Why would he rejoice greatly? Because having believed in God with his whole household. That's just, that's just God being God and God working. You know, you can't help but think if or wonder if Paul and Silas had just decided, determined to go into Bithynia. You know, they'd have missed this first stop here in Greece, this Philippi. And we know it gets better, right? Because there's, there's Philippi and there's Thessalonica. They go there. And there's Berea. They go there. Let's see. And there's Corinth. They go there. And there's Athens. God's going to do a work. In Greece. Now when the day came. Now this is very interesting. Paul's going to do something you don't expect from him. Now when the day came. The chief magistrates sent their policemen. Saying release those men. So evidently they weren't released. And the jailer reported these words to Paul saying, the chief magistrates have sent to release you. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. So the the magistrates are Roman and they've told the jailer to go ahead and 
release Paul and Silas. He's, that's what he tells. He says, therefore, come out now and go in peace. End of story. No, Paul's got something else going. He says, um, but Paul said to them, they have beaten us in public without trial. Men who are Romans. And have thrown us into prison. And now they're sending us away secretly. Paul says, not so fast. He's not, he's, he's standing his ground. It's, it's pretty remarkable. It'd been real easy to just go, yeah, we're, we're, we're ready to get out of here. And we're ready to get down the road. But he says, no, no, indeed. But let them and them there. Uh, is in reference to the magistrates themselves. Let them come themselves and bring us out. The policemen reported these words to the chief magistrates. They were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. And they came and appealed to them. And when they had brought them out, they kept begging them to leave the city. They went out of the prison And entered the house of Lydia. And when they saw the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. So, why did Paul drag his feet here? Why did he make the magistrates come out and show their face? The idea is that Paul, it would have been easy for Paul to leave. But Paul had already been beaten with rods as a Roman. He was a Roman citizen. The idea is that he did this, that he made the decision to have the magistrates come for the church, for the people that would be left there. Because he wanted them to have better treatment than he and Silas had. He wanted those people to know they had tried. Well, he wasn't even tried. He was treated unfairly. And he wanted some goodwill, we think, expressed by these magistrates, by these Roman officials for the future church there in Philippi. Well, it's one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. It's just so sweet how God works and moves. I mean, isn't it interesting? At one moment, he's opening Lydia's heart. The next moment, there's a great earthquake that shakes the foundations of a prison. And the doors are open and the chains fall off and the prisoners are still there. And it's what what a wonderful, uh, gracious Lord we have. All right. Well, what's on your heart tonight? We got a little bit of time. For praises, anyone have a praise? I think Francis got to go 